Welcome back, everybody, to the Stark Wars podcast, where we talk all things Marvel and Star Wars. Please take a moment to check our show notes to find our social media, merch, and more. Today, we are recapping Miss Marvel episode three in full spoiler details. So if you haven't seen the episode, get out. And here's a guy that I would never purposefully say the wrong name. It's Brian. Brian, how's it going? Oh, you know, it's it's going really good, Mark. Uh, happy to talk to you on the pod. But uh, hey, can you do me a favor and, and help me teleport back to my homeland? Uh, but I won't tell you that there's a ticking time. And if you decide not to help me right away, then you're going to, it's going to, I'm going to come get you at your wedding. I'm sorry. A lot, of, a, a lot of contingencies in that plan. Yeah. Um, Tommy, I had a quick question for you. We have a guest here, but I just, I want to get, I want to throw this at you real quick. I, I had a, I, we got a podcast complaint and I think we got to talk about it. It's not an actual complaint, more like advice. Someone told <laughs> us we need to banter more. Do we not banter? We need to banter, maybe. Like we're maybe. too on subject, it seems. I think maybe we take mm. the on subject and we add like, yeah, maybe the banter is like the whipped cream and the cherry. We just, more banter. Okay, more banter. That's what the people Should want. We, do they well, want let's... banter on us bantering? Now that's their... <laughs> I, know this is, I know this is what our guest came here to talk about. So I'll throw it, I'll throw it to our, our guest. It's one half of the Two Dudes Watch Cartoons podcast. It's Evan. Evan, do we need more banter? Uh, you know what? I'm always a fan of having more banter. Uh, br- bring in Joss Whedon, or maybe no, he's not good these days. May, uh, maybe Dan Harmon to punch, punch up the the podcast script like he did on Doctor Strange. Um, thank you we for need, having me. Go ahead. I was just gonna say we need more Bruce banter. That's yeah. what the people oh want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited to talk about Miss Marvel. Uh, so thank you for having me, Michael and Timmy. I mean, Tommy, uh, it's so good to be here. Evan, what, what have, what's been your thoughts thus far? We're, we're halfway through. Um, ha, has it lived up to, well, I, I mean, I don't know what your expectations were. Maybe you had none, but uh, have you liked it? I've been enjoying it a lot more than, than I thought I would. I know last time I was on, I wasn't the kindest to the Marvel movie re-reviewed, which was Shang-Chi. And, um, a lot of their Disney Plus stuff has been hit or miss for me. Uh, other than Loki and, and WandaVision, the real, like the two big standout shows that everyone's talked about, I haven't really loved many of the Marvel DC uh, Disney Plus shows. But this one, I don't know. I've just got a soft spot for it. I've, it's almost like a little slice of life more than it is superhero show. And I think that's why I enjoy it. Uh, and, and just for what it means as a as a media property um, in the Marvel universe, I think it brings a lot. Uh, so I've been liking it so far. See, I, I think a lot of the times um, the the basic premise of these shows are like, um, here's a, a grieving woman, and she, or here's a superhero, but she's also a grieving woman, or here's a dad, but or he's a superhero first, and then a dad. So you know, it's like <laughs> I feel like. This show is like for the first time exploring the character, and she just happens to have superpowers too. A hundred percent. And like we talked about with Spider Man, like that's people do like that. That there is a a uh, you know a market for this kind of show. And I think what's cool about it is like if you cut out all the superhero stuff, there's still a good portion of the show left. Like yes. they're still, they're tackling so much that has nothing to do with the superpowers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one show it reminds. One, yeah, one show it reminds me of that it brings to mind is uh, is Kim's Convenience, 
which is just uh, a sitcom, a, a Canadian sitcom about a Korean family that owns like a convenience store. And some of this is set in a bodega, not really much of it, but I don't know. I just get, it, it's all about the family, the family dynamics, what uh, Kamala is going through and how, um, how her culture, how she's coming to terms with her culture and her new superpowers. So uh, that'd be, I guess, one of my recommendations uh, for the end of the pod. Love it. Uh, Tommy, there was a lot of like motivational speeches or motivational conversations in this. Like, and like, listen, here's the thing. They were all written really well. And I was actually like completely grasped uh, with like the subject matter typically. But again, we had like five or six, like, there was one between uh, the dad and brother. There was one between uh, the mom and Kamala. There was one between Kamala and, I, I don't know, the uh, he's not a priest, but he's a, the religious figure. I, I'm not, uh, I'm not well Abdullah. versed. There you go. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so um, I don't know. Like, again, I liked it all. It was just like, uh, that was like three-fourths of the episode. Yeah, it was. I, I will say I like that it's at least not everyone to come on. Like you, like you said, you got the brother and the dad. And I like that they're fleshing out more characters than just Kamala. Like, you know, another show we recently uh, talked about. I talked enough about it on the, the podcast for that show. But they, they didn't do enough to, uh, to, to showcase the new cast members. And I feel like this one, them all being new cast members, they still were doing a good job of focusing on more than just the, the main character. Um, yeah, I, I mean... It was a lot of motivational speeches, but they worked for me. At least they were. If they're good, give me more. Of them. If they were bad, if there was like six bad motivational speeches, I'm out. Yeah, I think if there's one overarching um, note I have for the Disney Plus Marvel shows, it's that they really haven't mastered like the mini series or shorter season format yet. They all seem to struggle a little bit with pacing here and there. Um, and in this one, it's a lot more forgivable just because it's, it is so heartfelt. Uh, and I don't know, I'm willing to overlook it. I don't, I just have a soft spot for the show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, again, uh, all good stuff. And, uh, if you guys are down, we can, uh, start diving into this episode a little Let's bit. Let's do it. Uh, we open here on a flashback to British occupied India in 1942. Um, and, uh, uh, the clandestines are looking for the bangle. Uh, this is, uh, yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, there's definitely stuff here. I mean, uh, first off, uh -huh. like, did, I, I thought this was interesting. I think it's setting up a lot, not just in the show, but I think a lot going forward. I think, I think this is actually a pretty crucial scene when we look at some of the things on the table. You have the bangle. Is it supposed to be two, which I have a theory of what the other bangle could be, but there's supposed to be okay. two, but they only have one. And then, the person that the bingo is on is a blue-skinned person. Cree, possibly? I think there's some stuff here. What do you guys think of... of do you have any theories about this other bingo? Uh, well, well, well um, Loki, um, he was adopted from this that blue species. Uh, the frost giants? Yeah, the frost giants, kinda, yeah. I guess they're giants, though, huh? Yeah, they're usually a lot. I mean, it's Loki. It was a pretty big hand, though. It was... That is true. It was pretty, it is quite large. Even yeah, even when uh, even when they took the bangle and put it on, like it, it had to retract to fit a person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we so. need to get like Mari up in here, and he could be like uh, help undiscover who 
with his blue hand. I don't know. I feel like Marty's good at that kind of stuff. To, to yeah. Work. Yeah. A lot of this stuff, uh, this is, I mean, probably the beyond the outer bounds of my knowledge of the Marvel comic book lore and, and, and universe. So it didn't really stand out to me. I was like, it, is it blue or is it just a dead severed arm that has lost is, is no longer circulating any blood. Um, but I, there one, I, I think people are talking about the blue hand on Twitter, theorizing what it could mean. And so I've, I've been scrolling through the hashtag a little bit um, of what it people think or seem to think it's pointing towards Cree, which is an alien species in the Marvel comics. I don't know what that means, but that seems cool because I think it points towards Secret War, which is just another another thing in the comic books. Yeah, Secret um, War. It also points. It, it would be the heavy Miss Marvel, or uh, sorry, uh, Captain Marvel tie-in. Uh, Captain mm-hmm. Marvel has a lot to do with the Kree and, and that sort of thing. So, okay. So, um, a little shout out to um, the Marvel Plus podcast, which I was a guest on this week, talking about this episode, and the host there brought something to my attention. Oh, yeah. Uh, that uh, I, I didn't notice. And actually, I should have just gone back and checked because I, I'd like to say with my own eyes. But apparently, uh, there was the the Ten Rings insignia on the floor. Um, uh, what, what, again, for me, it's like, what do we make of that? It's like, okay, it's somehow connected, right? <laughs> so this is my wild theory. Good. Uh, yes, the, the Ten Rings are represented when you they do like an over, over the shot and you can see the symbols on the ground. Uh, I think the Ten Rings possibly... I don't know. They're at least connected to the bracelet, right? Like clearly it's the same kind of technology. Clearly this they're they're implying to me that this is Cree technology that got onto Earth. Uh, and maybe it's connected, maybe it's the other bracelet, you know, put together but just like separated, or uh, it's something completely different but still connected to the Cree. So it just connects uh, Shang-Chi to to the Marvel universe. I love that kind of like inter intertwining type things. Who are these? Eagle dive, eagle-eyed viewers that spot this stuff. The first, I watched this episode twice. Didn't catch it until I was scrolling through Twitter and Twitter, and someone pointed it out. Like, who is going through frame by frame, grabbing screenshots? Like, this is what this means. Um, but yeah, good on them. I because I w- w- totally would have went over my head. Um, I saw another tweet where it was like a picture of the ten rings on, I assume Tony Leung's arms. Uh, next to the bangle and they have the same sort of blue aura and kind of alien inscription so uh, that appears to be where they're pointing and i think that would be a cool way to tie it into the bigger uh bigger marvel universe my my struggle with these things is like i would love just to know what the definition of this power or these powers are I don't love, this is kind of my problem with Dr. Strange a little bit and a little bit with Wanda. It's like, I don't love when they, anything is possible and there's no strict boundaries to the power. Tell me the super superhero has a web shooter and can stick the walls. Love it. <laughs> like he has that set of skills to solve problems with. But um, I mean, this one, it seems to be like energy, green lantern-y type manifestations of the imagination. So I don't know. I, I agree with you, Evan, of like, it, they just kind of say like, 
you know, technology or like create technology. It's like, but what does that mean? Like, okay, mm -hmm. sure. They have technology, but technology needs to come from somewhere. What power, like what's your power source then? You know, at least with like Hydra, they, you know, kept going back to Captain America first Avenger. Like they showed that like the power source was the, the Tesseract. Like they gave uh, context to how they were able to have these like super powered, like, like uh, artifacts almost. Uh, I think it's interesting. I think it's to go with your eagle eyed uh, uh, people. I, I think honestly, this is my theory, my conspiracy theory. It's Marvel insiders. There's one person that's it job. Is, there's one person whose job is just to release all the Easter eggs <laughs> out into the world, so people know. It's like when yeah. it's like when uh, video game companies would like release the cheat codes for uh, like mm -hmm. it's supposed to be a secret, but they're just gonna tell you what it is. Or when they have that like one thing that like that one Easter egg where it's like you have to grab the key, take it to this place, then you have to wait till it's dawn. Like no one's figuring that out without an insider. <laughs> I will. I will say because. Um, when he said that i immediately pictured um heavy spoilers on youtube and this is a guy who does pretty similar to what we do the only difference is it's a youtube video and he's by himself um but he breaks down the episodes and he very clearly like goes like shot by shot and i feel like when you're editing in the editing process like i feel like that's that's the people that really catch this stuff um and then like it spreads like wildfire on the internet from there <laughs> so uh, i will say about this scene real quick uh is uh I, I maybe this is just me. I like immediately got Eternals. I was like, are the Eternals? Is this going to be a connection that the Eternals are connected to Miss Marvel? And, you know, obviously they went in a different route, and we'll get into that. Mm -hmm. uh, but I definitely, I don't know. They just gave me that like same energy. Maybe it's because they're just like they look like normal humans, and they're like, hey, we're ancient and we're from another world. And so I was like, I don't know if they're trying to make us think that, but I'm like, I went right to the <laughs> Eternals. I, w I was laughing uh, during this scene because I, I have uh subtitles on when i watch stuff now which i used to hate but it's just like born out of habit because my wife watches tv with subtitles on and like while the the temple or the cave is shaking and rumbling it's like gunshot stuff catching on fire it's like that's not what that sound <laughs> sound is <laughs> that's a very loud gun apparently <laughs> so whoever the, the, they need a better captioner they need a higher they just captioner. Got, they just got Siri. <laughs> Siri, can you subtitle yeah. this for me? <laughs> well, what I actually, one of the big things I have appreciated, um, at least on the Star Wars side of subtitles, is um, they release a lot of information that they don't tell you in the episode in the subtitles, like names of characters and names of species. And that's oh, like, okay. if you go on like some, like uh, the Wikipedia of a creature, they're like, we know this is what it's called because it said it in the subtitles. It's like, oh, okay, interesting. So um yeah that's that's why i've really fallen in love with subtitles because there's sometimes information in there yeah they got um, clues in there yeah so uh we get here um we get the clandestines they're hanging on the kitchen you know obviously that was them telling the story um but uh yeah this is interesting uh they, they keep finding ways to uh make kamala okay with the fact that cameron is not she, she's like y'all are like 40 or y'all are from the 40s and then they're like everybody but the boy and they're like yeah we can kiss <laughs> <laughs> yeah i it, it, it's cute the the dynamic between her and her little crush on, on cameron um i don't know about you guys but so after uh who, who's the leader of of the gin i forget her name but she pulls kamala aside <laughs> I <forgot too. laughs> it's uh, uh, uh najma najma that's yeah that's so like they have this really heartwarming flashback she's feeling Kamala's feeling like she's belonging. She can let her guard down a little. Then Najma pulls her aside to have a one-on-one. -on -one. 
and immediately I was like, this doesn't feel right. I'll bet these are the bad guys. Like they're, <laughs> I, I can feel my guard getting let down. I was like, the front didn't last very long for me. And then looking at this episode and the show as a whole, they have a very brief window of time where they even have, they, they put on the facade of being good. It's like maybe 20, 30 minutes of this movie. And then, oh, they're trying to kill her. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like this episode. And that that is the point of, that's the one thing where I, I nitpick. It's like, I don't know if I love the, like, we're going to pretend to be good for 10 minutes of the episode. Like if it was like mm-hmm. they were pretending to be good all of episode two and then three is when it's revealed, I think I would like it a little bit more. It just is like, Mm-hmm. what's the payoff of this like yep. you know i guess yeah. she gets the exposition of like knowing who they are um but i agree with you evan like i think it was it was a weird uh dating <laughs> switch very quickly <laughs> yeah yeah um so she finds out their gen their gen and um which i guess is the ghosts basically um it seems to be the best description i like next here we go to uh bruno and she says uh that she's a gin and he says antonic i thought that was <laughs> i enjoyed that line yeah <laughs> um one of the things i was looking up uh the word gin and i think they even mentioned in the show uh, uh, one of like the interpretations or uh it got like anglicized as genie so like the djinn are a part of folklore um and so the blue hand very well could have been will smith we don't know for a fact that is is a good point yeah this could connect the disney universe what if we Mm -hmm. get what if this connects the Disney universe? And this is how we know that the MCU and the live action Disney movies are connected. They're the same universe. <laughs> I can't wait for the CGI Lion King uh, uh-huh. crossover. The next end game, like a bet where it's just like instead of in the portals, it's just Simba coming through a portal. Mickey coming through a portal. <laughs> Not Mickey. <laughs> Actually, in the background of the Mendy scene, there is a Pizza Planet truck. If, if you pause in 2048. <laughs> I think we're on to something, guys. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's all um, there. It's all there. But yeah, all this stuff is very fascinating, very different. And I, I think like mm-hmm. there is a lot of talk about the, these clandestines. Uh, they are from the comics. Um, I think it's a very different uh, plot. I, I think it's it's interesting. There, you know, I'd be remiss to say there is some discourse on the internet uh, about this. Um, I don't know a lot about it, so it's hard for me to talk on. But basically, there's a lot with the religion um, of like worshiping jinn is not a thing you can do. So in here this is a weird um people are are waiting to see how the episodes come about but i know there is a lot of discourse on oh i don't know if i love this choice and it feels like the executive is just trying to be culture like oh let's make it about you know more culturally Mm -hmm. adjacent without doing the research and and making sure that actually it was okay if that makes sense That's a, I mean, I, I'm not a subject matter expertise, but I think that's probably a fair critique. And anytime a, a big franchise media conglomerate tackles anything culture, I think, I think there will be different reactions to it. Definitely. Yeah. It's, it's definitely like, we'll see where it goes. I, I think this might be a red herring of a sense. I think the clandestines might be a little bit of, 
it's it's going to be cre- it's just, like it's going to be. I I have a feeling they're going to go in that way, but who's to know uh, mm-hmm. where they're going to go? But it is it's an interesting choice to be different than uh, the inhuman route, or even the I thought they were going to go the no-human route, which was is is different than inhumans, but <laughs> very similar. And, and that's where I thought, yeah, I know. Wait, uh, so there's an inhuman and a and no, how is it pronounced? N U men, you new men, sorry. New men, uh, okay. Cameron is Cameron in the comic is a new human, you new men, uh. a new man. Okay, they're basically it's this whole thing where basically it, they're the end humans are already a thing. Well, the new uh, new humans get turned using terrigens as well, and so they're like a new breed, the new version called no humans, no men's, no men's. I don't know, it's confusing. I'm glad they changed it to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> I like I like this take better. <laughs> Guys, this is banter. We're doing a great job. Yeah. Great A banter. Is this what you want? Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, I mean, I don't necessarily know about like the the representation of the gin folklore, but one thing I do love about this show is it's, it's deeply personal representations and overwhelmingly positive and joyful representations of a different culture, a different religion, one that I'm not super familiar with, that I don't think a lot of maybe the Marvel viewership is super familiar with. Like the depiction of brown joy in this episode, specifically with Amendi later on, it's so heartwarming. I, I, I've been to one Mendy in my life, and it was bomb, and it's just as live and lit, and there's so much food and, and all the celebration. And for that to 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 translate on screen is really fantastic. And with Kamala's, uh, one of the things I really love that they nail in this episode is a lot of times when you see a story like this about an immigrant family or first-gen kids, there's a really contentious relationship. And this is a much more nuanced conversation and representation of her relationship with her culture, with her family. And you can see her parents being super nurturing, super supportive. Um, so I think the show does a really great job. Accuracy of the gin. I don't know, but I'm here for it. Yeah. And, and I think to this point of the call, like of that side of the culture, I think what's really interesting with it is like, they're giving a lot of time to it and, and something mm-hmm. that you don't see in like, like many shows, like they would, it really would just be a, a trait of her but nothing else they want to do anything with with this and i do love that they're like mm-hmm. making it actually part of the plot and a, the main part of the plot to be honest yes yeah 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 no and i feel like um like you mentioned there's there's so much um there's so much positivity surrounding it like like you mentioned this especially with just that dancing we get later on it's just it's such a fun moment um but i would mm-hmm. also i mean there's also points in the series where um, they're not afraid to take things to task. Like when they were in the mosque and talking about how the mosque uh, works for the women and how they sit in the back and they can't hear and it's dirtier. Um, like, I feel like that, that was like, they, they're not glorifying anything. They're, they're talking about their actual experiences. Right. And mm-hmm. I think that's one of the things that, that is most powerful um, about what they're doing here at the show. And it's, and again, this is like stuff that, well, you know, what do I know? I, I have no idea. Is it is it even actually like that? I have no. This cake can all be wrong, um, but they're, they're showing a lot of different sides to this, and I think it's really special. So, yeah, 
Um, yeah, so she goes to Bruno. They, they talk about the gen, but she also needs uh, help with the interdimensional travel. Um, we get a name drop here, Tommy. Did you catch this? Oh, yeah, we got... They, you listen, <laughs> they get more time name dropping this guy than you probably got actually in a movie. <laughs> uh, they love How many dropping. movies is he in? Two? Two? Yeah. Yeah, Thor one and Avengers, right? Yeah. yeah. But how many movies is he name dropped in? Almost all of them. Like they love anytime you need a science guy, drop Dr. Eric uh, Selvig in, mm-hmm. in, in. Yeah. He's up there with Bruce Banner and, and Tony Stark as far as name drops go. Um uh, one thing that pulls me out of a lot of movies, uh superhero. I mean, it's Spider Man No Way Home and this one. Uh, and I'm sure I'll throw a DC one in there, Stargirl, which is actually totally, I think, uh, pretty adjacent to this show. And I actually kind of enjoyed it's better than a lot of their other stuff. But when there is a kid that is a tech whiz, Kamala says, you're good at math. Can you help me with interdimensional physics or whatever she says? That's a huge leap. And he says, well, actually, yeah. I was like, come on, Bruno. <laughs> no, you don't know shit about this. What are you talking about? <laughs> I will say, because that's a good point, because she almost, the line delivery is almost as if it is meant for comedy. Like, of mm-hmm. course he doesn't know, but he's like, I actually know where to find this information. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, that And that's just, it's weird that the MCU, like, this is information they have at their hands. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, fascinating. Um, next is, year... Is Bert- is Bruno Sorry. from the comics? Can I ask, Tommy? Do you? I know? don't believe so. Uh, okay. I believe he is an original. He might be based on a couple characters, um, but I believe he's an original uh, character. Yeah, I, I just, I mean, this is a personal problem, I guess. I just have real a lot of trouble with suspending my disbelief for a kid who can build anything with like an iPad and a Raspberry Pi, like. <laughs> I just don't buy it. It pulls me out of it. Small nitpick. Otherwise, I, I lied. do really he is enjoy from the Bruno. comics. Okay, cool. Cool. All yes. right. All right. Does if it become a villain? Because that was just my theory. Accurate, then all right. I mean, do you, do you want to know, Michael? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he's going to spoil it. No, he doesn't become a villain. At least I don't know. He's from got all one the traffic, article, right? From the one article I just read, no. So we'll okay. see if that's true. They only read the first issue, so... Uh, yeah, they just saw the cover. <laughs> All right, so next we get the uh, Department of Damage Control. They're coming into the mosque, and they're looking uh, for the... Uh, what do they call it? Nightlight? So, Nightlight. Uh, yeah. And this was... I, I thought this was a fun scene. We get uh, Nakia who steps up and um, kind of puts them in their place. Y'all have no right here. Yes. Sheikh yeah, Abdullah I... has maybe... I mean, probably two of my favorite lines in this episode when he's Number one being, next time, please remove your shoes. Or agent, yeah, Miss Agent. Um, all-time bar. What What a fucking badass. Just the politest, fuck you, get the fuck out of here. Uh, what a guy. I love it. He might be my favorite like side character of the series so far. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he has another line coming up, which I think is the best line in the entire series, and we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think what's cool with this kind of stuff is like, like we've been talking about, they're not afraid to like call things out and like, like they're not tiptoeing around a lot of stuff. Like in here, like I like that they're basically calling out the like, are you looking for her because she's super powered or because she belongs to a mosque? Like what, like I like that they're like addressing that and not just letting it be like, well, it's, 
it's the elephant in the room. Like everyone knows it's there without calling out. Like they're like, no, we're going to actually have a character talk about it in the episode. Um, mm-hmm. No, I love this scene. And I love like just the well as a board member, it's like you're not the likes is still happening. It's like oh, you know, <laughs> we're pretty sure I won, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. the other thing is like we get Kamala grappling with that um, even in the next scene a little later on. Like the more she hears about it and Nakia talking about how um, they don't need any more eyes on them like this, and, and she mm-hmm. you like see it in her eyes. She, I mean, she never explicitly says it, but it's like damn, this she's like really grappling with the consequences of her actions and realizing what she's doing by representing this group of people as well. Yeah. If, if you need good family fun, uh, a family show and some light post nine 11 commentary, Miss Marvel's the show for you. It's I, I love that they are bringing in these bigger conversations though, because this is very much targeted toward a younger audience, you know, I'm not pulling any punches, but I, I do recognize that this is not, this is for a younger audience. And I think I was looking at um, uh, like just some of the reactions on Twitter. I think I've seen some things about how it's had maybe lower viewership than some of the other big name Marvel shows. But one thing, one headline that I did see was that it has a, a, a much higher rate of younger viewers who are people of color, black, Hispanic, Asian households. So this, this show is doing a lot and I can appreciate it for that. Yeah. And like, it's hard to tell again. I mean, we've talked about some of it already, but, um, and especially when we start talking about the department of damage control, it feels like, it feels like the clandestine storyline is the thing that's for Miss Marvel and it's going to stay within Miss Marvel and be resolved in Miss Marvel. But then you get like things like the part, the, the DODC and it's like, this feels like it's setting up something much bigger. Right. Um, so I feel like this is going to be a very important show. And, um, I, I hope, I hope, you know, I don't know how much like kickback they get and people rewatching these shows but um i, I think i think it, there probably will come a time where people are gonna have wish they spent more time with this so yeah this feels like what it, i feel like there's certain marvel shows that's like feels kind of separate uh then you got like this wandavision i think hawkeye's another one that feels very connected Th- this show is definitely one that i think will have ripples into the uh mcu large but yeah i think it's good like i i, I love like i said i i love this it's feels like Miss Marvel too from the comics. Like, you know, this isn't the, the, the book is out there for them. Like they do this all the time of like, they, they address, uh, you know, culture and they address the world and, and the politics around the world with Miss Marvel in a way that you can't do with some other uh, high school superheroes. I think that's the thing mm-hmm. with Miss Marvel is you can uh, address this kind of stuff and I'm glad they are. Yeah. Um, I had a thought, but I just forgot it. So let's let's keep rolling. <laughs> let's keep going. Yeah, so we get I, I touched on it briefly. Nakia and Kamala chat here a little bit. Um, this is where we find out Nakia did get the board spot, so that was cool. Um, but I do, I think, I think I have a lot more to talk about at this little party they have. Um, yeah, I'm just glad that they're giving uh, Nakia like way more. I was really nervous the first episode. I was like, you're really gonna have this other character, this other friend, and you're really focusing on just Bruno in this first episode. I'm glad that two and three really has focused on uh, Nakia and Kamala's relationship because I think there is like, uh, like obviously they have like the the religion to bond with, but like it is just like I get their chemistry and they're like in this scene where it's like Kamala obviously has a lot that she's thinking about, but she's able like, she's dropping it for a friend. Like I thought it was a really good scene and just showing their relationship and their friendship and setting up like, 
whatever, you know, obviously Kamala's keeping a secret from her. And that's going to be a big thing that we see at the end, you know? Yeah, that was a, a little, the end, of, the end of the episode left me wanting a little bit more of that. But I think that's just probably a conversation that's going to happen later in the series of like when her and Nakia actually kind of hash it out of what the hell is going on. Um, yeah, that was one of my other, I really loved that dynamic between them and that I had a very similar thought. It's like, I felt like that moment deserved a little more lead up in screen time between the two of them. Um, but hopefully it'll play out in the rest of the series. Yeah. So um, we, we get to this party here and um, uh, there's, there's a couple of different conversations going on in here. Um uh, again, we, we do get uh, Kamala uh, trying to figure out more about what the D- Department of Damage Control, Control knows. And again, this is like, this is more like, it's like, dang, like, uh, this is, this is heavy what I'm dealing with, right? Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know if you guys have anything else that stuck out to you in this scene. Um, this was my, my passing thought is the, the D- Department of Damage Control is a holdover from like Spider-Man No Way Home, right? Yeah, I think the it's laziest, the government. Yeah, it seems like writing, <laughs> naming that government organization. What, what do we do? There's a bunch of damage control. I don't know. Like, uh, yeah, it seems like they you have Hydra, and then you have well, welcome to comics one one. It does seem like uh, this. This seems like uh, I don't know. They focus on like high schoolers. It seems like, like all the problems we've seen him address. Like every time that uh, the, that 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 guy, the guy in charge, uh, every time he talks to like he's always like he's always like questioning kids, right? Like we see him question the bully earlier on. You get Ned and and um, uh, Spider Man, and then yeah, he, he's like always he's very much intertwined with what's going on in high school. Yeah, they're just the uh, the the junior varsity of Shield. Yeah. <laughs> they can only focus on high school. They do feel like Scooby Doo <laughs> villains, like like, I, <laughs> like that's how I feel from them. So like it kind of works that they only they only go after high schoolers. Uh, mm-hmm. I do think it's very much like the uh, uh, using Eric as the the go to science name. I feel like they're now the go to government. Like oh, you need a government agency to do so to go after mm-hmm. someone. All right, call up the the Department of Damage Control. I have trouble separating that the male actor, I don't know what his name is, from his role in succession. So I just like keep expecting him to proposition Bruno for like a bump of coke or something like, hey, you want to party, Bruno? (laughs) Like setting him up for a sting operation. Yeah, that's perfect. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I did want to note in this scene, there's another part I'm going to talk about later. It's like, the show is really good at like setting themselves up for things. And uh, I, you know, we talked about the shoe thing. It is a wedding tradition. And uh, you can actually see a little boy taking all the shoes. And like it, early in the scene, you can see a little boy taking all the shoes down. I think that's just a really good note of like, the show isn't like some of the shows where we're like, oh, it's paper, paper thin. You can poke holes. Like they are doing a good job of like justifying jokes and, and having things come up and that kind of stuff. So I thought that was a little mm-hmm. good nod. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, um, Kamala also gets a present from Bruno. I thought this was cool. This guy does it all, huh? Like, he cosplay, technology. 3D printing. Like, <laughs> what a guy. He's, he's crushing so hard. He's <laughs> cr- 
I actually think they're doing a really good job of showing that without telling us. Like, I, I think they're doing a really good job of like, clearly, clearly he's got feelings, right? Like, Evan, Evan, uh, I feel like this is the, this is like the perfect, the, the modern day Disney version of uh, Team Edward or Team Jacob. Are you, are you Team Bruno or Team Cameron? I might be Team, as adorable as Bruno is. Cameron is just one smooth dude. Bruno, I, they I really... feel my heart flutter when he when he just like, you know, squints at Kamala, gives her yeah. you know, the stare. I don't know. I kind of agree He's with you, Evan. I kind of agree because I think Bruno gives me best friend, bro. Like he gives me that that all like at this point he's almost a family member. It's you know I. Obviously, it can happen. Like it can become romantic. To me, it doesn't feel romantic. Their chemistry doesn't feel romantic, as opposed to some of mm-hmm. the other, like some of the other stuff. Yeah. Like really, he's just like a, uh, he's just such a dweeb. Like he, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> really call out Bruno there. <laughs> he comes off so strong. Like he is so forward about like it's like I don't know. You need a bit more subtlety, my friend. I think I saw a headline somewhere that was like this actor who plays Bruno. Uh, it was like some clickbaity article about him losing out on the role of Spider-Man to Tom Holland. And so I think I I saw that before watching episode three and I was like, is this literally just budget Peter Parker? Like <laughs> well, <laughs> he's just doing his rendition of Peter Parker and it, it kind of tracks. Uh, so I have a little bit of trouble separating that, but yeah, Cameron is smooth. I feel like he'd be like b- bumping two thousand R and B in his car, offering Kamala a ride home, and uh, I don't know what a Cam- guy. Cameron's mom is literally trying to murder her, and he's still really smooth when he's telling. Yeah, he's like, "Hey, my mom's trying to kill you, but it's okay. Let's go on a date later." Like that's the <laughs> he's still giving out that energy that whole time. Yeah. So I just the the bit about uh, Cameron always incorrectly uh, saying Bruno's name. It just occurred to me that it, that is just such a fun flip on the 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 real life experience of people of color, people who first generation kids getting their names mistaken uh, all the time. And that didn't occur to me until like the second time watching this episode. I was like, is, is he just being a dick to Bruno right now? But no, he's just casually forgetting that that's not his name, which is something that happens to, to people with not, you know, um, English, uh, European names. So the more it sat with me, I was like, all right, I really like that casual joke that they don't really even shine much light on it's so quick so passing and then they they just move on yeah that's a really good point i didn't like and you cut back 10 years from now or from 10 years before this uh they would have it would have been the joke of kamala kamala's name there would have been at least an episode where all the high schoolers are like mispronouncing that and i'm I'm glad we're getting away from that kind of humor and it's like Mm -hmm. you know we're almost like you said reversing it we're like you know let's put it back on on the european names (laughs) and it's even funnier when you consider kevin feige was in interviews mispronouncing uh kamala was he really he was he was not a good luck not a good luck my friends not a good luck kevin yeah. Um, 
but yeah, so uh, we get a we get another uh, chat here um, outside, and, th and this was the line I wanted to uh, talk about. I, you know, there were uh, again just kind of like a uplifting talk, but um, yeah, we get this. Good is not a thing you are; it's a thing you do. And I was like, heck yeah! I was like, that's so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this there. is straight out of the comics. This is issue five of Miss Marvel. It's uh, she's like making her new suit, and this is like the 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 quote over top of it. So I really like that they brought it in, and I thought it's really good um, to come from this character and like that mentorship. Like I think it it also is like you're bigger than your superhero, right? Like it's uh, it, it's such a good line, and I think it defines the the show in general it's 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 kamala's very own with great power must always come great responsibility right so mm -hmm. um yeah i liked it that took me back to honestly obviously the the the, the similarities to the spider-man line are, are obviously there but it also took me back to batman begins it's not who you are on the inside but what you do that defines you <laughs> You're still too deep into the bat. You're still undercover, Evan. You're still. In I'm the still undercover. Yeah, still working the case. Um, yeah, I really love that line, but I also love the the different perspectives because you have Nakia, who's the younger board member, and in theory, you'd think the 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 head of the congregation would maybe feel similarly, but he has a lot more perspective. He's much older, and he's like, "This person's trying to do good out there." They saved the kid from falling from the tower he didn't die at least so like you know take what you can he just needs to wait like 30 years he's gonna have bad back pain and he's gonna be able to say that was from <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> no but i agree with you here like i think that was a good i think it's also good to say that because i think that is something that they could have really like let linger a little bit longer of like look what you did and like they could have had the kid like you know there's <laughs> think of Incredibles, right? It's like that whole, like, he ended up getting sued. All the bad stuff happened from him trying. So it's like, it's interesting. You have this one where it's like, no, 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 he's good. Like, he, he he's mm -hmm. like, we don't need to play that game. Yeah. Michael, you're muted. Michael, you're muted. Currently. Dang it, it's not this. <laughs> this is the second episode in a row. And I'm not even going to edit it out either because I left it in last time. It and that's how I'm going to. It's probably such good banter, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens. Michael, you're a man of the people, and we leave in our mistakes just for you, the audience. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. um, it, it helps me grow if I can publicly embarrass myself. Um, so, so um, Much like Nightlight's first outing as a superhero. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, so y'all just cut me off if, you, if there's something here, but I, there, we have like three conversations here that I have very little to say on. Again, good talks. We get the conversation here with Bruno and Kamala. He talks about how he needs to go to Caltech and wants to stay. We get the one with the mom. It was very uplifting. She says, you know, you don't have to do this alone. And then we get the father and son one. And they're talking about like family and future. Um, I don't know. Any? Did you guys have any strong thoughts about any of these conversations? Because again, like I'm like, I just, what commentary do I provide? Provide it was it was good. Mm -hmm. Um, I have I don't know chronologically when it happens. It might happen before any of these conversations. So maybe I'll I'll kick it off. But I love all the the text animations and throughout the series. But one in this episode when she's texting Ka Cameron, and I don't want to sound like an Apple snob, but Kamala's texts were on the left side, 
Yeah, on the left side, and Cameron's were on the right. And that's the opposite of like any modern chat user interface I have ever used. And I literally paused it on my second time watching just so I could like mentally figure out what was happening in that conversation because it was just, it was just flip-flopped. I don't know. I don't, I can't speak for Android users, but that is not any UI that I'm familiar with. I will, and, and I will it, say, cause I was going to have the opposite comment on the text here and what I appreciate right. it. And there's, there's, uh, I feel like they do this all the time Well, they'll have two chat bubbles and I know like, and but they also intercut between both characters texting, and it's like mm-hmm. you can't tell which is on which side. But this time at the top, it said Kamala on that side, and then it said Cameron on the other side. And I was like, thank you for putting the name, so I know who's saying <laughs> what. But yes, I like. Uh, I guess if I was reading it like a traditional text message, I would be very confused too. Yeah, <laughs> I, I had to go back and look at it. I, I wonder if it's uh, because of the posi- like the camera angle of like where the, where Kamala was positioned. Like maybe they could only yeah. The That's speech bubble kind of comes from her on her side, so I guess that makes sense. But to your Finding point, it, yeah, I like the. I want it to be more like the text message because that's what I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's just it's very reminiscent of like uh, Disney shows, like not showing an actual phone, but they just have like this weird like interface that you've never seen before, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you know, takes you out of it a little bit when you're like, that's not a phone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think these to go to the conversations. I think I think they were good. Like to me, it it helps build out the world. Again, it's like these are three dimensional creature or creatures. <laughs> I think it's like DD. <laughs> I'm not editing the, that out either. <laughs> I'm so much in the DD world, so that's where I talk. Uh, <laughs> they're three dimensional characters where I feel like I know all of their motivations. I also like that we get different. You know, like tactics used in like acting with like specifically the mother. I love that. She's not just like angry, angry, angry. Like, you know, in the mm-hmm. final scene, we see a different side of that tactic and, you know, say what you will, maybe it doesn't feel like the character to me. It did. Cause like mothers do have different tactics. They're not always just going to yell at you. There's different pleas, different ways to get you to, to, uh, to be with them. So I, I think it just like built out the world more. Um, I guess the only note I have is like, she's wearing an Iron Man shirt. That's cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah um the the conversation with uh bruno didn't stand out to me all that much obviously it's like a a important plot character point between the for their relationship but not a standout in in a in an episode with so many just quality hard-hitting conversations especially the one with her mother when the mom says america was my mountain talking about the challenges being isolated being away from family that stuff always hits home for me and it really beautifully illustrates it. And I just think back to like, what if I had seen that on TV as a kid that would have been just articulating things that you like, you don't really think about until you are an adult, even without the the context of being an immigrant, but just like the realization that your, your parents are people, you know, with their own whole worlds and narratives around themselves that you like largely are unaware of until you get to an adult age. Uh, I thought that scene was beautiful and that intimate tight shot when, uh, when the mom hugs Kamala, it's like right up on Kamala's face. And I was like, man, I want to watch more of like, I want to watch this director direct. It doesn't have to be a Marvel thing, but just, this tight, intimate narrative 
because uh, she understands the family dynamics. A lot, the rest of the episode is a lot more playful and colorful, but like, man, that is why this show is is being celebrated as as much as it is. Yeah, I agree. And and to go off that, I think these the actors and actresses like it feels like they're a family. Like you could tell me they're all related to each other. And I would believe you like them, especially, especially to the mother. I think she's doing a phenomenal job, but like all of them, it feels like it doesn't, there's some shows I watch and I'm like, you're, you're telling me they're a family, but I just don't see it. Like I <laughs> feel it with this family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about, um, I guess we can talk about, yeah, this is where, I think this is where we get the texting scene. And then um, sh- she's talking about how it could be dangerous. I don't remember it. But anyways, the mom ends up finding, I forget her name again, the Cameron's mom. Sorry. Um, she finds Cameron's Najma. phone. Najma. And um, oh, I guess we didn't, real quick, there was the scene where with Bruno and, uh, and Kamala's dad, which I actually like to get. Oh, yeah, so- another one. Yeah, yeah, showing the um, different dynamics. Again, I liked it. Like each Kamal doesn't have to be in every scene, and I really like that about this show. <laughs> like everyone's just mm-hmm. as important. Um, but I like this. Yeah, like Kamal's dad is is uh, the the reason that Bruno's having the conversation with Kamal later is because uh, Kamal's dad uh, translates uh, some of the the text for him so that he can understand what the jinn are and and that sort of stuff. But I just, I love this scene. First of all, the dad is adorable. He's like, I got these cherry pies and they're just so delicious. They are delicious. I'm pro cherry pies from gas stations. I do have, okay, maybe I'm just falling into bad habits, but I do have another nitpick for this scene. Why are there no lights on in this bodega? It's only black. It's so poorly lit. Evan, that's and the first no problem. My thought is, where are the parents? Does Bruno run this bodega? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it gives me more vibes of like, I don't know, like, uh, like a hookah bar or something, right? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. like, I actually like the lighting. I feel like that would be cool, depending on your establishment. But with a convenience store, I feel like you want things to be well lit so you can see the products and it's easier to find things. So yes. the lighting is cool under the right circumstances. This is not it. It just confused me because it's like, okay, now is Kamala's dad being rude and Bruno's supposed to be closing up shop right now? But clearly not because there are no doors to this establishment. It's just wide open. So he's not locking up or anything. He just only checks people out by blacklight, apparently. I don't know. It was was just a bizarre choice to me. Listen, Bruno's trying to make it on his own as as a... A owner of this bodega, he can't afford lights. He can't afford a door. He's a high schooler who's just trying to make a living <laughs> at this. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, clearly, right? Like, yeah, uh-huh. uh, it, it definitely is. A, is a, I don't know, budget, whatever you want to say. They, they could have done uh-huh. more with with this store. Um, <laughs> I do love that Bruno is so casual and so ingrained into the family. It really comes through in the Mendy scene. But he has all of his own relationships, like with with her, with her parents. You know, her mother gives him food in episode one or two or to bring home to, to his parents. And like that that part was really heartwarming to me. Is it's just like when someone is folded into the family, when they're found family in a in a way. Uh and I guess that's a that's a that's a point for, for Bruno against Cameron, but uh I don't know. We'll see how it shakes out at the end. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, I think there's a lot of points against Bruno, so. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, I, I, Bruno's a Bruno's a loser. Okay. Yeah, you're really <laughs> anti-Bruno. Wait, let's stop down. Yeah, banter, banter. Uh, hey. <laughs> Why do you hate Bruno so much? Are you you like are feeling like the bully, like coming at the nerd, like you're pushing him into the locker? It's like he's too desperate, man. It's like just relax. And mm-hmm. you know, here's the here's the other thing. Um, I, I have you guys seen this actor in anything before? Because I recognize him from something. What do you recognize? My him least from? favorite character on The Walking Dead, Henry. He he's the worst uh, on that. And I think it's rolled over okay. a little bit. Bruno's yeah, done right. a good job, honestly. And all like his performance here is not the problem. Um, and if, the character isn't a problem either. It's just the character. If you were his high school bully, what one insult would you hurl at Bruno? I got yeah. mine. It's maybe from episode two. It'd be like, all right, Marty McFly looking ass with that vest. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's all I got. I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't know. I feel like uh, want to be Tony Stark. Yeah, budget Peter Parker. There's one. <laughs> there you go. Mine would be brew. No, more like brew. Don't. Hey, what? I felt like Bruno was good enough. I know, I know. I do think it was. Uh, this is why I'm not a bully. <laughs> it's out of character for you guys. Yeah, I just can't. I just can't do it. Yeah, I think you won the bully award here today, Evan. That was the thank you. Yeah, famously the villain on my own podcast, and I've come to to, to terrorize yeah, it, this one as well. Yeah. It's just a sparkly locker. That's our bully award. It's like uh, we mm. put glitter on it yeah. to make it like more festa, but it's, it's perfect like a little, on a little uh, statue <laughs> statue uh, locker. There you go. Uh-huh. All right. Well, okay. So uh, getting back to um, Cameron's mom checking the phone. And this is when she's like, nope, no, we're not asking anymore. Time to time to go kick the doors down. Um, they were really impatient here, huh? It's a weird like, job. Kamala didn't say no. She right? didn't. She's just like, it was well, less than like 24 hours. Can we like talk about this tomorrow? I've got a lot going on today. Like it's like <laughs> a very big day in our family. Like it was more like the vibe. Like it wasn't like, I don't know. Yeah. Nice, yeah. Cameron's nice, been nice. more against it than anybody. Yeah, Najma's more desperate than Bruno in this in, in in this one episode where she gives a sixteen year old five hours to make a universe altering decision. It's uh, yeah, <laughs> and I don't you can't wait like you can't wait like I don't know. I, I was going to say like two hours, but weddings maybe go longer, like five hours uh, more just for the wedding. Wouldn't it be easier to take Kamala when she's at home? Where there's not a ton of people around at a public mm-hmm. like it just you know i get being impulsive but uh there's also like being intelligent and like being like but i guess I, they don't you know they're above it all they don't care about rules and and weddings yeah yeah this this brings me back to an early point in, in the episode but just because it's at least plot wise related so they need to get her bangle to return to the Nor dimension, the light dimension, whatever it's called. Bruno has warned that doing so could cause a boom. Something bad could happen. And I was a little confused by the dialogue in that scene because he goes, for something that big to happen, the margin of error would be huge. And I'm thinking, isn't that a good thing if there's a huge margin for error, like more room to mess up? 
is am I understanding English incorrectly here, or is is my understanding of that phrase incorrect? Um, I, I feel like you can look at it both ways. Technically, um, I think you, I think the way he said it and the way you're saying it could right. be the Isn't same. Be, the margin of error is small, meaning there's no room for. I don't know. Well, he compares the margin of error to the sun. Okay. So I think my bigger complaint is like, I don't know. I don't fully understand what the consequences are here of, of the actions. Like how big of a, of a deal is it for her to say, okay, like, like I'll just take this off and hand it to you. And that's the difference. I think they weren't clear. I think she needs, they can't, they can't actually use their powers because you like, like, except for it seems like they pull weapons out of nowhere. So maybe they can, I don't know. It was very confusing because it was like worded as if like, she's the only one that can, because she's connected to earth. So she can use her powers. And so they need her and the, and the, the bracelet or the bangle. And, uh, uh, it could like, like end her life. That's what I think the, the, the consequences, like she could get destroyed and they don't, cause I think the mom says at one point, like, I, you know, if something happens to her, like we need to get home, period. Like it doesn't yeah. matter if something happens to her. Yeah. And here's, okay. here's the big problem that we're running into here. We're thinking about it too much. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. think that's the they case for fall. like so much. We get in so much trouble here. Like, like really trying to understand the logistics of things. And, and like they do their best. They're like, here's this very big scientific concept and we're just going to compare it to the sun. Cause that's really big. And y'all know what that is. Like, yeah. uh, I don't know. It's yeah. like, I, I feel like, uh, Sometimes I feel like we're too smart for uh, some of this. I think I think what we're supposed to know it's not safe to do it right now. Like we, <laughs> exactly. even, in the, even in the beginning, they talked about you need the two bangles to really like. And I, I think it's going to tie into the great grandmother. I think something happened to the great grandmother when she tried to use the the bangle. Um, is my thought. Uh, but you know, okay. uh, who's who's to say? But yeah, I, I just think very impulsive, not patient, bad mom. Bad, mm-hmm. bad mom. And also, like, you know, probably not great because Cameron kind of maybe has a crush on Kamala and, like, you know, support your son. Yeah, yeah. Kamala was, like, literally, let me sleep on it. And, and Najma was like, okay, you're up. It's 8 a.m. Where are you at? Tell me. All right, well, let's get choice. to this wedding here because um, I really love, again, we talked about it briefly, just like just so much fun, like the, the dancing, the choreography here. Everyone was, de- mm-hmm. Bruno was in there throwing down like uh, this, like, I was like, ah, well, why was my wedding like this? Like, this is just like, just right? pure. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so much fun. Did you catch, so this is the other foreshadowed thing. The uh, One of, uh, one of the, the relatives was wearing the Hulk costume. I oh, saw that. It was a child, right? Um, so good. Yeah. So I mean, good. again, no waste. Like, why Why wouldn't you? <laughs> like, you know. Uh, so, yeah, I thought that was really good and just a fun little callback. Yeah. There's, yeah, the Hulk shirt from episode two was badass. I... I would, what, a, what a great bit to show up to a comic book convention, like, in matching costumes, matching culturally accurate costumes or culturally... Um, I, I don't know designed or uh aware costumes um my favorite part of the wedding scene though is when she pulls the fire alarm and amir goes uh running for the money because at my wedding i i don't i didn't have the forethought of of amir i was in charge of transporting the box of cards at the end of the night 
we were staying on the grounds of the venue and uh apparently i had i had had some drinks that evening but i had left the box of cards outside and it rained overnight so i had to lay out a bunch like the next day they were all waterlogged in this clear plastic container we had to let them dry on the deck thankfully you know all the cards were still there everything was intact but uh yeah Man, your yeah. first job is husband. Not a great yeah. way to wake Not up a- <laughs> yeah, on your wedding day or day after your wedding. <sighs> yeah. Rough. I, I, I felt that, That's him. pretty, yeah. I guess the tragedy was mine was my, my groomsmen trashing my car, like putting condoms everywhere, opened them, and, you know, there's like dildos and everything. So wow, you guys are really <laughs> scaring me from ever yeah. getting married. These, these are... <laughs> Wait, are you? Do you hate Bruno because your friends treat you like Bruno? Yeah. <laughs> well, is that? Is that? That's the thing. I am the Bruno. Bruno. I am the Bruno of our friends. So. I'm just Josh, and yeah. Um, I would be happy to be a, a bootleg Spider-Man, though. Yeah, yeah, it's a compliment <laughs> when you think yeah. about it. Um. Yeah, the wedding is so much fun, and I think people are loving this scene, and this is like the emotional high of the episode i think uh, it's just so joyful uh what about what about brown jovi you like brown? i loved it <laughs> you like that song? yeah i loved it also because like going into the the fight scene they had oh man i was like this Living is on so a prayer cool. yeah you know, it, and I also loved, like, I believe they, they had another, they just keep using New Jersey artists, which I think is just so fun. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, just like, let's bring out some more, just all of them, just, you know. But uh, yeah, and I think what's cool about this wedding is like, it's, it is like an emotional high that goes, the minute she goes for the fire alarm, I'm like, oh no, because it does hurt. It hurts. You're seeing, like, first of all, mm-hmm. weddings are expensive. I feel for everyone, even that, uh, that random bride that's crying, I, he's like, yes, you're being very dramatic, but also I get it. You're, you're yeah. wedding and ruining. You didn't even do it. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't blame Kamala though. Like, I feel like everyone's like, I've read some on the internet of people being like, Kamala ruined her brother's wedding. I'm like, no, she didn't. The, the, <laughs> the, the she saved the wedding. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like the claim is like, yeah, she pulled the fire alarm, but like, what's the other option? Everyone dies. Like, yeah. <laughs> I will say from her parents' perspective, though, like. Um, she got off really easy, and they don't realize she saved the wedding. They just think that she pulled the fire alarm. Had I done that at my sister's wedding, I would have been like disowned, excommunicated from the family. Yeah, yeah. yeah her parents are super. And, and again, it goes back to like I love this family dynamic. Is they're they're so nurturing, and they're like desperately trying to get Kamala just to just like let them help that's all they're saying they're like hey tell us what's going on we're not mad you know that the wedding night was was ruined just tell me what's happening so so we can figure it out together um just beautiful beautiful mother-daughter relationship yeah this is jumping ahead but i do i actually like how they respond like they could have done it with anger and maybe it feels more justified if they were super angry I actually liked that they weren't because to me it's like Kamala looked like a sad puppy. You you can as a parent, I assume I'm not a parent, but as a parent, I think you could you you would see your kid like that and be like, Yes, I could blow up at them, but they don't need that from me right now. Like I want to help, just let me help. And it's more playing with your kid more than like and mm-hmm. I, I thought that was the right move here. I, I think it's more of like 
clearly there's more. They know that that uh, they were involved with some people that got arrested. Like clearly there's something bigger here. And so to yell at her didn't feel like a move to me. But uh, I, I I really did like the dynamic. You'll be a great dad one day. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I hear you. You're right. There is like uh, there are times when uh, I get angry with my children, and then there's like. It was like, oh wait, never mind. I'm not angry. Don't. Well, and sometimes sad. in the moment, like I think, I think there's a time to reprimand her, but I think like in this moment, let her breathe. Like clearly, she went through something. Give her like two minutes to go upstairs to her bedroom. Yeah, the fact that she gets home safe to her parents, unobstructed by the Department of Damage Control, they, they shot at her. How did she? They what? And you know what? It lines up if you just remember they're Scooby Doo villains. Then you just don't Scooby-Doo. even worry about them. <laughs> they true. did arrest like villains. six people though. Like they're really busy with the clandestines who apparently yeah. have like superpowers and super weapons at least. Um, yes. So I do want to talk about this fight scene because um, I just thought it was awesome. I, I really liked, um, especially you know uh, Kamala's evolution in the fight because she starts off pure defense like i am not mm-hmm. trying to fight you guys you're just coming at me i'm putting up shields i'm trying to get away i accidentally caught a man on fire but it, like i wasn't trying to hurt you like uh and then later it's like she she really like she pulls out the big fist and like knocks them all out so um but yeah no, I, I had a lot of fun with this i thought like a lot of the weapons were really cool dude like what is that like his belt he pulled out <laughs> I was, I was I was like, what is this man about to do? He like whips off his belt. Like, this some every, take a weird some, turn. Some everything, everything, everywhere up in here, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but he's like, I mean, the it, like uh, obvious Indiana Jones fan here. Like, I'm all mm-hmm. of like that. Just like some really cool. Like, uh, he's like jumping and flipping, and yeah, I thought he like he's like throwing Bruno around. Is my favorite. Yeah, I also like that they all. For characters we don't know their names individually yet, they all had personalities, and and mm-hmm. I feel like it came through a with the weapons and b with the way they like the the one guy that stands out for me is the hammer guy with that whistled like he just he had such a clear personality that I was like all right I can vibe that you all have like you're not just the clandestines like you do have individual mm-hmm. identities uh, which is fun and yeah when the fist came out her powers are growing on me like getting the large face all right like I. I'm fine. It's great. It was cool uh, seeing her her get on the offense. Yeah, I love when she. I I really enjoy when she's doing the the defensive stuff and she's like kicking off walls and, and sliding under the the kitchen counter or whatever. Um, I will say, I felt like there were diminishing returns on the clandestines or the gin, like stepping like slowly, intimidatingly. Obstru- slowly obstructing like her her walkway blocking off a path they do that like eight times in this scene where they just block off one route it's like okay give it to me like two to three times at most by the fourth time it's like how is she finding more routes to go in this kitchen that originally only had two exits that they blocked off but um it's it's a fun scene i yeah i just gotta find something to nitpick you know yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if you guys have it. I'm, I'm, you know, living on a prayer. Like I said, that was cool. Um, I thought I made for a fun fight scene. So. Tommy, I have a question for you. And I think, I mean, I read the the first volume of the comic a long, long time ago. But the her with her fist stretched out, the the visual representation of 
her powers is different than it is in the comics, correct? Yeah, in the comics, it's like actually her. It's her. She can elongate. She can. Okay. You know, I think we talked about in the first episode. Is I think clearly there's another uh, superhero that <laughs> is uh, going to be coming stretchy. soon with lot with yeah some stretchy powers. I, I think they're trying to differentiate the two. Is my is my That's assumption right. of why yeah. they went away from it? Well. Here, here's a theory, and this is this has been a lot of fun because I have like all these theories, having like no understanding of the comic book character, like Bruno being a villain. But um, what happens when she gets the second bangle? Maybe she does get those powers when she gets the second bangle. Is that a possibility? Maybe I don't know. If she will like in the comics. She always just has the one. So you know, but again, they could go off of that. That could be interesting if it's like it unlocks her fully because they kind of play that as like this is your genes, but you need the bangle to unlock what's going mm-hmm. on inside you okay yeah, that'd be cool it'd be interesting to see how it plays out i yeah, think the I... other thing is not only just the mr fantastic i think ant-man's another one that like because she also mm-hmm. can get okay. just huge so there's more with that too I, I think it's just too similar to a lot of powers and it connects i think this version connects captain marvel a little bit more and i think they like that too Okay. What what I do like um, a lot about her powers, and I, I know like some of the complaints here are that like it's kind of ambiguous, but I think I like that. I, I, anybody here watch Smallville? Yes. Yeah. So yeah. one of the one of my favorite things about Smallville is like throughout the series, uh, Superman was like learning his powers one by one, and I feel like we kind of get just a taste of that here with Kamala and like how she's learning to be more creative and using them. I mean, uh, for instance, like she knows how to do like the leap pad jumps and uh, as the big fist and the shield. And like, I feel like there is a lot more creative uses for this. And I'd, li- I'd like to see her learn and grow with it and figure out her full potential. Yeah. And I think like we've seen that, too, of like uh, characters growing into their powers of like with Spider-Man, even like uh, the second movie he gets, you know, and just because Evans here, I got to say it, Peter Tingle. Uh- <laughs> He gets the Peter Tingle way later than he, uh-huh. he he had his other powers. So it's like I do like that they're like you know there's still surprises maybe with uh, with uh, mm-hmm. Kamala. Yeah. What normally I hate when a show slow walks like the introduction of a, a costume or a power. Like I, as much as I love Daredevil season one, I was just like, just put on the red suit. Just give it to me already. Like at all. And it doesn't show up to like the last episode or whatever, but Daredevil was the biggest T show. It was like, Oh, you're just <laughs> like, they really did. Yes. Just love to just yeah. like, but again, I, I, I'm along for the ride on this one. I, I'm appreciating it for sure. Yeah. Um, honestly, we kind of, I mean, we talked about a lot of the stuff here at the end with the mom, um, I guess we can talk on like this cliffhanger here that she gets uh, a FaceTime from grandma, which like, that's the thing. It's like, I under, like, I get the joke that like grandma doesn't know how to use the, the FaceTime. <laughs> um, but, but the weird part is grandma's always the one initiating the FaceTime, you know, typically it's the other way around. And then that's when the problems ensue. So that's interesting. But it uh, turns out that she saw the train to the train that we saw when, um, yeah, I don't, I don't even remember what happened, but she saw a train at some point. That says Karachi uh, on it. Yeah, yeah. Najma touched the bangle at the okay, same time yeah. as Kamala, so it was like the connection. I'm assuming anyone connected to the, the Noor dimension or whatever saw it, saw that potentially. Um, 
And so, yeah, I will say it is confusing with the great grandmother, the grandmother. Like, I'm like, I had to like do a little double check. I'm like, okay, so the great grandmother is the one that's connected to the clandestines. But then there's also this grandmother. They also don't talk to the grandmother, but they also don't talk about the great grandmother. I'm like, okay, <laughs> like, this is a lot to remember and keep track of here. Uh, but uh, I did like this scene. I, I did like the the fact that again they kept up that bit of like she doesn't understand FaceTime and she's like, you gotta come to the train. We saw the train. You gotta come quick. And it's like, oh, okay, grandma. So do you guys yeah. think these are flashbacks? Flashbacks? Because doesn't she see Najma in one or two? Like, what are we? It's got to be right. I think it's a flashback because they remember in episode two, as if it wasn't just last episode. Uh, but <laughs> the dad talked about the whole like, uh, didn't the dad talk about the great grandmother like missing the train, but then like happened to like I feel like these are that train is connected. I feel like it has okay. to do with the great grandmother yeah. and and some sort of memories maybe could definitely be uh, the case here. Yeah. Um, so, what's going on here? Does the grandma was the grandma like a past? Uh... Like, uh, like I'm trying to understand. Like, does she have the same full potential that Kamala? Because if it does, you know what this reminds me of, guys. Turning red. All, all the, all the, all okay. the women in yeah. the family um, have this, that one. this power. So uh -huh. I think you're right. I mean, yeah, I, I think that is like I think it's like they don't have the power, but they're all. I think it's. I think their powers are all different, maybe because like that, like it's like to go with the inhuman thing is like your DNA is different, but like you all, they all have the DNA from the the clandestine side, maybe. So, do you think Kamala's mothers also saw this flashback? Here's oh. the, here's the problem with this, um, because I, this was like this was the theory that I had back then was that she's fully aware of all of this, um, but I just feel like the further we go on especially with the mom hearing rumors about nightlight. Like, I feel like possibly the conversation should have happened by now. And it's always, it's always the mom saying like, just tell me what's going on. Tell me what it's like. I think, you know, what's going on. I feel yeah. like we would have this conversation. Yeah, she's hinting at it. Okay. And I, and I think this is like in real life, clearly the mom would be like, Hey, we need to talk about this. I think this is a little bit of the, the show magic of they want to keep that revealed. Like in the, you know, probably in the next episode of the, the penultimate where she's like, I've known this whole time. I know all about the powers. And they're like, they really want that drop. I, I that's because I I think she has to know, but I agree in this episode specifically, it really felt at times like she had no idea. And I was like, maybe she doesn't. Maybe she is completely, mm -hmm. in, you know, uh, in the dark of, uh, about her family's history. This is a long shot, but a cool payoff would be her mom rocking the second Bengal and them defeating Najma together. Is there a chance that'll happen? Probably not, but. That's where my mind goes. Yeah, or Cameron, or Cam. Uh, I don't. We didn't talk enough about his. Like he had a weapon. Too. Like what was this? He, he like did. Uh, that was kind of cool. Yes, it reminded me. I feel like this was a thing in like middle school. Like whether or not like uh, what was the like strings with balls on it, and you like play with them. Like the ones where it was like three of them, and you just like kind of threw your arm around, and they all hit each other. Do you remember that one? Something I mean, I guess that's that. one way to yeah. do it. I think you're supposed to do like cooler tricks with it. Yeah, I think you are too. Around. But I just formed my arm. Out. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Look, guys!" <laughs> and then I got pushed into lockers, so I was the that as well. Uh, yeah, Cameron is a is is a standout in this fight scene. But I do want to shout out our guy Bruno because he takes a chair at high velocities right to the chest. Might have broken his sternum because he's clutching his chest at the end, looking like he had a cardiac event. Man, it's brutal. 
everyone else, you know, they get padded or they land on a table and it kind of folds in half, but he just took it right in the fucking chest. I agree, but why did Bruno come back? Like, I get it. You wanted to help. You would. You were no help. You were more a hindrance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> get out yes. of it, Bruno. I've been trying to integrate this feature more um, with Spotify and the polls. So I'm going to take this opportunity. I'm going to put a poll up on this episode. I need to find out, are you team Bruno or are you team Cameron? Because I'm willing to bet nobody votes Bruno. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Cameron's literally, he's got it all. He's cool. Bruno gets his ass kicked. Like It's like everything that the Cameron does, Bruno does way worse. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't expect to hate on Bruno this much, but... Yeah, you're Where's really you're really anti Bruno. You know what? I'll take up the other side. Cameron's all smooth talk. He's got no substance. What has he done? What has he done for the family? Bruno a triple, ba- made... triple backflip off the house into the pool. That wasn't for the family. Yeah. Br- Bruno has been there for the family. Bruno has been there for Kamala. Yeah, he's a simp. <laughs> Cameron just brought his mother trying to kill Kamala. That's a, I wouldn't want to date someone that's mother trying to kill me. He's out of here. True, true. <laughs> All right. If I'm the deciding uh, vote, I may have to go with Cameron. I'm sorry. Yeah, you He's already said so it. Cool. You can't go back. Yeah. Can't unring the bell. I'm, I'm smitten. Yeah. I'm smitten. Listen, I, I would too, but I saw Bruno laying on the ground after Michael smashed him into the locker, so I felt like I need to pick him up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. I, I think that's uh, I think we covered everything here. Um, Evan, uh, always a joy to have you. I, I'd like to. Uh, do you watch Star Wars stuff? Like, I don't even really know. Are you like? Uh, because I'd love to get you on for Star Wars next time. Yeah, I've been keeping up with Obi Wan Kenobi, uh, watching that every week. You know, I'm not the most star wars intelligent person but i watch pretty much everything uh so yeah i i enjoyed that series i think yeah it was it was pretty good it was a pretty it's good, a good response it's about where we all are <laughs> just imagine if they built out tala and roken and they had like these emotional conversations like we got in the show yeah. like no that would have been nice to like these characters i did something. my one thought on the finale was why is it so dark? Like, why do shows keep doing this? I can't see anything. That no, no. <laughs> it's too bad. Um, yeah. Well, uh, do we have any recommendations? Um, I don't know that I have anything. I, I said the boys last time, still watching that. This last episode was wild, Tommy. It was just, it was unhinged. Why? Just like, you were like, whoa. And then, and then uh, let me think. Uh, maybe someone threw a can of soup at another person and it was like, whoa, now you got soup all over me. God, we have very different interpretations of wild. <laughs> I mean, when I say wild and we're talking about the boys, like your mind should well, wander and it will wander. And that's what I mean. All right. Well, wait, then it was a can of alphabet soup and it's spelled wild on the forehead. That's that's the wild part. <laughs> there you go. Evan, what about it, you? Uh, I haven't been watching. I haven't kept up with the boys, but I was going to say, I, I might've mentioned this earlier uh, on the pod tonight, but if you like this, uh superhero set in high school story i think you might actually enjoy uh the c i don't i don't know if it's cw it's one of the dc shows it's called star girl it's not connected uh to the dc eu i know i'm a big dc eu apologist i will be till i die but totally very similar it's set in high school it's about all these high school kids picking up the mantle of um the justice society of america 
which are less mainstream characters, but the precursors to the Justice League. I'm already sounding too nerdy talking about this, but totally similar, lighthearted, you know, kind of set in high school, that kind of thing. So if you enjoy this show, you might like that. Um, check out my podcast with Alex Brizard from The Circle. Two dudes watch cartoons. We just covered Lightyear, which is a, a well, worth watching. Definitely, um, I think it'll be it'll probably be divisive, but I enjoyed it. Uh, just interesting to see them do a, a take, a new spin this off in a way that. I don't think people thought they would take Toy Story characters, but uh, yeah, those are those are can, my rats. Can I get a spoil, a slight spoiler for the podcast? Y'all are so it sounds like y'all are more positive. Yeah, definitely. Oh, we are, I, we're all I, very positive on the show. I so, listened to a podcast recently where they just destroyed the movie, and it was like the most angry I've ever been listening to a podcast. And and most of the conversation was centered around how it doesn't like Andy would never like this movie. It's like who cares? It's still a good movie. Yeah, um, yeah. This is. I think people, yeah. If you have a problem with the premise of the movie, then you might not like it. But if you're if you're game for watching the movie, it's interesting. The way I put it, similar to how I feel about this movie, is it the most intellectually challenging sci-fi movie I've ever seen? No, but I think it's a great sci-fi primer for kids and a younger audience. I get nods to the 2001: A Space Odyssey. I get like vibes of like Interstellar. Just there's like. I was going to say there's there's some other sci-fi elements in there, but I don't want to give too much away. It's good. Watch it. Check it out. I think uh, people will enjoy it. Yeah, I think it's a problem of like, you know, nowadays we get a lot of uh, adult cartoons, which we all enjoy, like Infinity Trade and stuff. So now adults are like, all cartoons need to be made for me. It's like, well, sometimes it's okay for a cartoon to go back a little bit and be a, mm-hmm. a voyage into that genre for, for children. Yes. Well, Tommy, this is what I said when I recommended it uh, last week. I think it's very high concept. Like, I feel like, yes, it is for kids. Kids can't watch it. Kids will enjoy it. My my three-year-old watched it and liked it. Um, but like it's it's true sci-fi. Like there there yep. it's it's very much grounded in reality. And if you are turned off by the concept of like, oh, why would Andy like this movie? Uh, how about this? Just don't think about his name being Lightyear <laughs> and you're gonna love it. So yeah, uh, there's my rant about Lightyear. Yeah. It's the kind uh, of sci-fi movie that would blow your mind if you're like yeah. 10 years old and haven't seen any of those other movies <laughs> that i just yeah. mentioned like like whoa that's crazy yeah definitely all right anything else you want to tell the audience to check out where, where can people find you uh, you want to talk about instagram or twitter or anything yeah like yeah uh so i did um I, I draw cartoons uh you can find me on twitter and instagram at evan leon underscore where i post my stuff but also check out the podcast. We our our light year review episode is coming out. I don't know when this is coming out, but it's coming out Tuesday tomorrow from this record. So June twenty eighth. So it might be out by it'll be out by the time this is out. So yeah, I really appreciate you guys having me on. I always, I hope I was kind enough to the the Marvel property today to be invited back on. I don't want to be too mean. I have my notes. I know I have a reputation, but you know, I'm, I'm trying to change a little bit, you know. I like the mean takes. <laughs> Michael bullied Bruno the whole time. <laughs> All right. In so, that case, I'll double down in the future. Yeah, yeah, in the future, I only want roast. Yeah, yeah. This, is why we, this is why we want you on Star Wars now. We realize uh, Marvel's a lost cause. <laughs> no, I thought you came in with some. I, I, yeah. I thought this was a great one. So, yeah, very Thank excited. You. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I will close this out here. I like to remind you guys to rate and review us on iTunes and Spotify, preferably five stars. Also, like I said, uh, if you're listening on Spotify, I'm going to have a poll. Um, tell us if you're team Bruno or, or team Cameron and while you're at it, you, you give us five stars on Spotify. Uh, that'd be cool. Also please subscribe. Cause we're going to be here every single week. Um, we'll start getting these most Marvel ones out earlier now that we don't have Kenobi to contend with, but, uh, yeah. And follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Stark Wars pod and ask us for our discord link because we have a little community going on there. We'd love to have you join us. And that is all we got for you guys. Thank you so much for listening and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.